Ryan, welcome to the space, man. Thank you so much for coming out. Can you uh, can you hear all this? I hear you. Yeah, it made me clear my cache and some other crap. But it, I got a little nervous. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> it's yeah. No, the tech stuff is uh, is getting to us too. So pre really appreciate you coming out, man. Hold on, Brian. I'm going to make you a speaker as well. So, Ryan, just to kind of give you an introduction to you know the spaces we've been running here. So typically, you know, we kind of started when uh, a lot of us were big Yay fans and he started saying all this stuff about Zionism and, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've been talking about. And I feel like, you know, this group, you know, has a lot of diverse opinions from a lot of different walks of life. But we all came together to kind of notice what Yay was saying. And I've been trying to point a lot of people in your direction because you've been covering all this stuff about Zionism and about Palestine and just about geopolitics in general. So, you know, we just thought you'd be an awesome guest to have in here and like kind of elaborate more and talk to the new people because you've been at this for so long. So uh, yeah. I guess what I'd want to ask you first is like, where do you see the conflict in Gaza sitting right now? And what are like the ramifications going forward? Like, because personally, just really quick, my take is that kind of Hamas has already won mm -hmm. and that Israel is losing the PR war now. Like they were kind of they had the Zog media at the beginning, but I feel like people aren't buying it. And it seems like it's just a war of attrition. But you are the expert. So I'd really like to hear what you think and where this all sits right now. Yeah. Yay is one of those guys that got red pilled too quickly. And just, you know, given his personality, when he finds some doubt, he just goes, tells it on the mountain and he paid consequences for that, unfortunately. Yeah, Gaza is, you know, Palestine in general, because West Bank goes along with Gaza. They're attacking them, too. <clears throat> They've already won in the sense of a political strategic victory. Israel's painted themselves in a corner because they said it's not over until the elimination of Hamas. Well, that's just not an achievable goal. So they're going to have to redefine the, the terms of victory because that's not happening. Um, they've certainly murdered a lot of civilians, but I wouldn't call that a W. Soldier for soldier, Israel's actually lost more soldiers than Hamas. And, you know, they get... Right. Well, that's an important an important point because it seems like when they say we have to eradicate Hamas, it seems like what they really want to say is we need to eradicate the Palestinians. Oh, it's just... Like, is that a fair assessment? It's just an excuse for ethnic cleansing. They've been doing it for 75 years. Like I said, they're bombing and arresting people in the West Bank, too, where Hamas doesn't even exist. Yeah, that's a very important point. That gentleman who was on Piers Morgan had brought that up. The uh, I forget what his name was, but he was hilarious. And he talked about how an ideal world where there is no Hamas, let's call that world the West Bank. And that's something that I feel like a lot of folks don't even really make the distinction on. They just hear the word <laughs> Palestine or the word Hamas. You, there's two completely You could call regions. that world the Gaza Strip, too, because Hamas wasn't around to the 80s and didn't have political power until 2005. And yet they were colonized and ethically cleansed, just like the West Bank. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I, I also wanted to kind of ask you about the uh, the PLO and the way that whole thing kind of sorted out. Sorry, it's a very crude way of saying it. But it seems like the Israelis wanted to prop up Hamas in favor of the PLO because the PLO was largely secular and peaceful and Hamas was a lot more militant and religiously fundamentalist. Like, again, you've been studying this for a long time. So what is your assessment of the Hamas kind of taking over and like becoming the dominant well, wing in the Palestinian uh, movement? I agree with what Donald Trump found out when he went over there. He went over there and he talked to Abbas and he talked to Netanyahu. And before he went, he thought, 
oh, this, the Israelis must be dying for peace, and it's these militant Palestinians that are the issue. But when he went over there, he saw the Palestinians are willing to concede territory, go back to 1967, where they wanted peace. Netanyahu, three minutes into talking to him, he realized, you don't even want to do a deal, do you? No, they don't. And they didn't want to work with Fatah. They didn't want to work with the PLO. They didn't want a political solution. They don't want peace. They wanted Hamas in power because as their you know, old defense secretary, Moshe Dagan, their whole policy is one of provocation and revenge. They wanted people that uh, would not. They, 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 they want someone who has the position of there's no Israel at all, give all of it back. Well, that ain't happening either. You know, but having an impossible line is perfect for Israel because the side that's doing the colonizing doesn't want peace unless you spell it with an I. They do want a piece of this, a piece of that. The side being colonized, of course, wants peace. They're getting killed. They're having their territory taken away. But Israel's the one taking the territory, so why would they want peace? They're gaining resources and land. They're making an ethno state. That's what they want. Right. It seems like it's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I think that people try to make this conflict very complicated, but the problem is that it's really not. Most conflicts are complicated, but this one really isn't. And real quick, I just want to let, if anyone else wants to jump in, I know I've been kind of talking. Does anyone have a question for Ryan that they'd like to go ahead and ask? I'll give it five seconds. Five. (laughs) You doing all right? I am. Good Christmas. That's good. If you go, if you go back to like Fort Laramie Treaty with the with Native Americans, Chief Red Cloud, who defeated the American Army twice, got a peace treaty wanted peace he said just you know they're not trying to take back the rest of what used to be in the land he says just get out of lakota territory get out of here and they did for a couple of years and they came back and lost again to crazy horse made another treaty left for a little while but then they came back and eventually we know what happened the shooting the buffalo and killing the indians the u.s had no interest in making peace because they're like, no, we're going to take the land. There's gold in those black hills. You know, They wanted it. it. It's the side that's getting destroyed that wants peace the most. So to, like, to blame the victims, say, oh, we can't have peace or a ceasefire because of Hamas. That's bull. The whole reason there's a conflict is because you insist on having a blockade and occupation. You can't simultaneously colonize your neighbors and act like you're sincere about having peace with them as you shoot their kids and arrest them and bulldoze their houses. Like there's Palestinians aren't taking bulldozers and knocking down Israeli houses. Palestinian diaspora is not coming from all over the world to move into someone else's living room. That's the Israelis doing that. They are the source of the conflict and they are not interested in peace. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up this com this comparison with Red Cloud. I watched your bit on that, and that was very interesting. I didn't know that specific piece of history, but it is like there are so many parallels between the natives and you know how Custer would have treated the natives and how. Oh, that's my um. The, that was my uh, twin brother the, that did that actually. Yeah. I mean, I know the history yeah, too. He's he did that series, not me. I was more talking about the bit that you did on your channel. On oh, Red oh, I probably like have. Yeah, that's of... true. I probably covered the same stuff. Yeah. But he just recently did this whole series on Custer. Custer was set up. Um, I'm, I don't like Custer, but I'm just saying part of the reason he was sent on a suicide mission is because he was testifying against Grant and his brother's corruption. And Grant was president. 
So he sent it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a different story. But like he, we, I like that old Indian song, Custer died for your sins. <clears throat> they, uh, they knew he had no chance. All the treaties that were broken for the leaders you have still. Custer died for your sin. Custer died for your sin. And now it, I think that the common thread here is the, the dehumanization of, of, of people because I just noticed this about the rhetoric that the Israelis have towards the Palestinians. They call them animals. They call them they'll call them anything but people. Like I'm surprised when the Israelis like a like a uh, an Israeli says like, "Oh, these people." I'm like, "Wow, at least they called them people." <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that that's in their religion. You know, and right. their religion right. sort of has two origins because you have different holy books, right? And I don't want to get too deep into religion, but <clears throat> there's a Torah and then you have the Talmud and the Talmud's written way after. And they don't just follow like the first five books of the old Testament. They follow these other books. And in the other books, the Goyim are a bunch of cattle and animals, not just Palestinians, but anybody that's not of the tribe of Judah, the Jews is just considered as a lesser than thou. Like they're not the chosen bloodline we are. And so it's, it's the OG, um, ethnic racism uh but it's ordained by the god they invented right and that's an important point i feel like because that is how you really understand this conflict is that when you understand that the other side does not view the others as a human being and it seems like you know this is a common trope but it's like every accusation is a confession whenever they say they're oh, making yeah. babies they're doing this it's just well that's what christ said and- that's what Jesus right. said. He said in John, according oh. to John, at least he said that he's talking about their father, the devil. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. It means when you lie, you're hellion on yourself. Right. Absolutely. Now, freedom, uh, freedom fighters. I think you have a question. If you want to go ahead and uh, ask, go ahead. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, like I, I've, I've heard of the. Are whole you with us, freedom fighters? I hear. Yeah. Can you hear? Okay. Cool. Yeah, okay. Um, so I agree with the whole, like, I've heard um, about them saying that they, they think that they're their superior, yada, yada, yada. But then I also think that it's not totally about religion because I heard that uh, this majority of Zionists are not actually. Can, can everyone hear? I, I can't hear freedom fighters. I hear. Oh, that, I'm sorry. I'll, so I'll so what up. it is on spaces is sometimes when you bring somebody up, some people can hear them, some can't. But the question or the statement was essentially, Wait, it's not totally religious. It's there. Go ahead. I can hear you, but he cannot. Hey, um, just, just let him know that I'll drop down and then just bring me back up. Cause oh, yeah. The so they're going to drop down, bring them back up. Sometimes that fixes the problem. 